What's up guys? Welcome to Good Bad 2 the sequel. This is the show where we have a good time watching bad movies and then we ask the question is it good bad or is it just bad? I am John. I am Danielle. You guys can find the show wherever they got podcasts. We're on mm-hmm. Apple, Google, Spotify, all the podcast places. That's where you can find us. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a review because that helps us out. And we're doing this for you and it's time you repaid the favor. Helps us out like of debt crippling <laughs> crippling debt that's where i thought you were going <laughs> yeah they're uh, they're gonna get my thumbs so uh, oh. <laughs> if you guys could just do a review so i can keep my thumbs are you saying that jet lee or dmx are going to get your thumbs or i've always been different... worried that dmx was gonna get me dmx is out to get you yeah he's i'm pretty give sure there's a you. song that says he's going to <laughs> he's gonna give it to you but he yeah. might get you too yeah uh you guys can also follow us on instagram we're at the good bad show voting takes place here on instagram this week danielle's favorite movie of all time pacific yeah. rim did not get voted in excellent um according to you the people knew better yeah they knew better they knew better than to skewer or lampoon a fine film such as pacific rim <laughs> thou shall not fuck with the shatter dome <laughs> thou shalt not fuck and with what, the shatter dome what did get voted in was this fucking gem Cradle 2, number 2, The Grave. When you say gem, you mean Black Diamond, right? Yes, Black Diamond Ah, of a movie. Um, I don't know if you know this, and the listeners I'm sure probably don't, but our second most popular episode ever, our second most listened to episode ever, is Romeo Must Die. But why? Uh, People love Jet Li, and apparently DMX as well, and probably Aaliyah had a lot to do with that. I would say it had to do with Aaliyah. Who was supposed to be in Cradle to the Grave before she, uh, her untimely passing. Yeah. Um, so, I thought, yeah, let's put it up for a vote, because people seem to, to love this shit. I love Jet Li. I, I, mm, there was a point in history where I loved DMX's music. Yeah, but that decade has passed. Yeah, that's long, that's long Both gone. Both of those decades have passed. <laughs> and uh, he's not the type of person that I care to support, so. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I do find him an interesting pop culture figure. Yeah, okay, um, fair enough. And that's what this podcast is for. We bring him up. Yeah. We bring him out. Bring him out. Bring him out. <laughs> We're going to speak exclusively in DMX lyrics. That's fine. <laughs> episode (laughs) um so yeah uh we're gonna go through the movie uh we're gonna break it down beat by beat and then we're gonna give you our awards uh which is our bold statement our worst line the best line our worst performance of the movie our mvp of the movie the unredeemable moment of this movie our favorite part we'll give it a better title than cradle to the grave hey i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give you one of mine right now yes it's called it's called cradle to the grave except for it's you can't use a two and the whole word the why you have if you're going to use it two, it has to be duh grave. okay fair enough or it can be cradle t-o-t-h-e grave <laughs> you don't get to do two and the you 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 have some really high grammar standards for this L- huh? listen flip over any dmx cd and tell me if t-h-e is present on even one song because I guarantee you that it's not. Do you think it's maybe DA sometimes? That's what I'm saying. It's, That's it? It's DA on every DMX song. I see. So you can use mm. the, but you can't use 
the, the number, number two. two. Man, the late two, the late nineties, early two thousands were a really unique time. And we talk about we talk about this a lot, right? Like, how do you when when people look back at the year twenty twenty one, what's going to be the defining factors where someone's like, oh man, that's so twenty twenty one, right? right? And, you, and you can't see it while you're living it. Yeah, you not really. I mean, you know it's there. You know that people are wearing masks, and that's definitely a weird fucking thing. Anyway, I think what you're talking about is Jet Li's hair in two thousand three that we would not have known was lame until twenty twenty one. Oh, we're talking about a lot, <laughs> but the first indicator is the title of this movie, yeah. <laughs> where there's a random misplaced like, let's just put a two instead of a T O because you, th- it's cool. This conversation this had to have come up. Right? A, well, first of all, we're glossing over the fact that the title of the movie, just yeah. like Romeo Must Die, has yeah. fucking nothing to do with the movie. They're like, well, we got a song called this, so and let's that- call the whole movie this because we got to sell <laughs> albums. And, and then you know there had to have been a bunch of white producers in their 60s sitting around talking about should it be the number two and the word the? Should it be the word two and D-A? Should it be both? Like, this yeah. had to have been a conversation. Yeah, yeah. The marketers were like, the kids are going to love this. <laughs> Harvey, Harvey, sit down. Ooh. Duh is a little too ethnic for us. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, like, uh, it, it, yeah. it had to have been a conversation. Oh, God. Yeah, well, yeah, clearly we aren't the only people to notice yeah. this. Yeah. And at the time, just like, okay, for me... Periods of time are also defined by sunglasses, <laughs> especially in a Jet Li movie. And this period of time had the sunglasses that I was about. I thought that these were the coolest sunglasses. I recognized two pairs of sunglasses in this film that I had versions of about this era, maybe a few years late. I don't know. One of them I got um, as knockoffs in some border town in Mexico. Nice. Yeah. And they had a Nike logo on them for some reason because i made sunglasses i i didn't understand the concept of knockoffs when i was in like seventh or eighth grade so i I brought them back to the u.s thinking i was super cool and everyone was like what are you really nike sunglasses and then later on my first pair of expensive sunglasses i bought which i think was in like 2005 were some versaces because my friends worked at a sunglass hut so i got like a half off deal and it was really similar to some sunglasses that one of the characters is wearing as she's waiting for one of the private planes. I think and it was like, Gabrielle Union. No, I think it was, um, I don't know her name. She was the, I, I guess she was like the one of the Chinese bad ladies. Oh, Kelly Hu. Kelly Hu, yeah. And she was wearing these sort of like almost clear... Yeah. Rim, like frameless sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually still have that because I'm <laughs> I, I haven't worn them in like 15 years. But I'm like, well, I paid a lot of money for these, and I feel like I should be able to sell them. And of course, I can't because they're fucking lame because they look like they're from a Jet Li movie. <laughs> One of my earliest notes says Jet Li is not owning these sunglasses nearly as much as he thinks he is. <laughs> he he when he first shows up, he's doing some sunglasses acting. Like, acting from mm. behind them, not uh-huh. necessarily interacting with them. Right, right. And I'm like, bro, that ain't it. <laughs> You're, you don't look as cool as you think you do. This was still an era, so, I mean, Matrix really helped to make this happen. But this was still an era where there was a lot of indoor sunglasses acting, yeah, right? And yeah. that was, that was like, <laughs> the bar was so low that all you had to do was wear your sunglasses indoors, and you got the cool label. And that was it. That's all you had to do. Just yeah. indoor sunglasses. Yeah. Which, looking back, is idiotic. <laughs> it's really like, funny. Like, it's just really dumb. It's really funny. Yeah. So, the way that this movie begins, this movie which stars rap superstar DMX, mm-hmm. 
is with the sounds of Eminem's voice yep. singing the song Die Motherfucker Die. <laughs> yeah. Die Motherfucker Die, Die Motherfucker Die, Why Aren't You Dead are the lyrics of this song that starts this movie over and over <laughs> until it's about halfway through because it does play the entire song. Mm -hmm. And about halfway through the song, it becomes the edited version. Mm -hmm. And it starts going, die, die. And then, like, the N-words are, are like, uh, they're not bleeped, but they're, like, it, it becomes the edited version of the song partway through the song. Yeah, why? Pick a different song. <laughs> if you're worried about getting an NC-17 rating, which is the only thing I can assume i don't know why that happened but like how many times can you say die motherfucker die before it gets another rating not too many motherfuckers <laughs> then, then don't use that song right and then dmx is the feature on that song not the like main artist right. which also I'll just get this out of the way it's really weird to hear dmx singing songs in a movie that dmx is like the star of and on screen uh-huh so, I don't know, I just thought that was all very strange to, to kick things off. Yeah, I mean, that's another hallmark of late 90s, early 2000s movies was a really stacked soundtrack. Yeah. Like, tons and tons of, you know, at the time, very current artists on that soundtrack. And it seems like, I mean, clearly there was, there was a media buy at play, right? Like, they're like, we got to sell some albums, we're going to make so much money from this movie because of album sales, we know how to do it now. There's a formula... But that's also kind of to the detriment of a film sometimes, yeah. too, because you know they're trying to stuff as many yeah, hits it, in it as possible. it feels hollow, right? It's like yeah. watching a, like an 80s or 90s like kids cartoon, and you know it's simply to sell action figures. Right. It exists as a commercial, basically. Yeah. The music industry was so huge in 2003 before so it bottomed out that that's all these movies existed to do. They were like, get a rapper, put him with a kung fu guy, give it a soundtrack. <laughs> the rest will figure itself out. Yeah, they're going to the kids are going to buy up the albums. Yeah, you can tell when you're like when you're halfway through and you're like, "Okay, we're halfway through and we've gotten our, you know, 7 to 9 songs in of the first 50% of the album." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on track to finish this album by the time the movie's over. What what the song Die Motherfucker Die <laughs> is uh is soundtracking is DMX and I don't know who the other guy was but he's got a, a cohort and they are running through a subway to get underneath the diamond exchange where they're going to steal uh, a bunch of diamonds and specifically the black diamonds that you referenced earlier which are the MacGuffin in this entire movie and they are a MacGuffin for 97% of this movie <laughs> they don't actually matter no that last 3% where they just change what this movie is about yep. entirely we'll get to that immediately uh, yeah this movie sort of goes wicker man for a second <laughs> yeah, for about like... seven seconds you're like hey okay this <laughs> is a different film what the fuck is happening like, we is... had no yeah. idea this was a potentiality and things have changed yeah <laughs> so um and then while this is going on it's intercutting there's a ton of intercutting in this movie which is it's hard to it was hard to uh, write down the summary. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make it an unenjoyable no. viewing experience because almost every movie does this. But mm -hmm. for the purpose of what we do and taking notes, it makes it a little bit tough to kind of to write in sequential order. But right, there's a lot of uh, parallel storylines happening. Yeah, that's kind of neither here nor there. So while all that's going on, Jet Li is beating the shit out of people who we don't know and never get to find out we about. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. There's a, there's a lot of 
origin stories that they expect you to just be interested in without ever really explaining yeah. <laughs> where they come from. So so I think we need to take a second and just kind of talk about Jet Li in general in this movie, okay. right? Because, well, first of all, I was under the impression, I've seen this movie, but I saw it in 2003. Like, oh. I was under the impression that this was a Jet Li movie featuring DMX. Okay. No. 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 This is a DMX movie featuring Jet Li. Correct. And Jet Li is playing someone who shouldn't have to act. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's 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 his character is supposed to come across as just too fucking cool, right? Like just nonplussed, just right. fucking can't can't be bothered, mm -mm. right? But it's very clearly ju <laughs> just like the fact that this is a commercial for the album. It's also very clear that they were like, well, you're not that strong of an actor in English, so just don't. <laughs> like, keep your hands in your pockets and don't really have a reaction to anything. Right. Like, uh, how can we matrix up your fighting, yeah. Mr. Jet Li? Just do that. The, when it comes to the fighting and he, like, keeps one hand in his pocket and beats mm -hmm. the shit out of people, it is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. We have we have the, sort of the unfortunate perspective of having watched Jackie Chan's police story the night before, yep. which is a infinitely superior movie. Well, and thanks. It, you took away my better title. <laughs> You just fucking blew the whole podcast and, for and, me. And, like, the stunts, <laughs> the fighting, everything about Jackie Chan in Police Story is so much better than Jet Li in this. Man, I really liked that movie. <laughs> Not necessarily overall, but I was like, so right here, Jet Li does this stunt, or there mm -hmm. is a stunt where he, like, hangs out the side of a building and he drops down with his hands, yeah, like, floor cool. by floor, which is really cool. Yeah. But it ain't Jet Li doing it. And if it was Jackie Chan... He would have been doing it. So I was like, eh. "Oh, Shane." Which, like, if you didn't, if you didn't just watch a badass Jackie Chan movie, you wouldn't even notice that or care. But yeah. we did. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, gently. It was a, it was a cool, cool. They did a lot of really unique things in this movie, and I think, I mean, maybe I, I, maybe this is something I would have brought up at the end of the movie, but I feel like we should get out of the way. It's too bad that the movie was just kind of flat and boring because I, I tuned out of so much of it you had like a body language and energy coming off of you the entire runtime of this movie of i don't give a fuck <laughs> i could like like the way that you were holding Sorry. your pen indicated that you had no fucks to give about this movie <laughs> i was i was i was i, I would have liked to have been a lot of other places <laughs> i was not enjoying my time with this movie i, I was very bored feel how much you didn't fucking care I, um it, was, like, and, and hey hmm. i don't blame you like <laughs> it's 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 really weird. This isn't their first movie. I felt the same thing during Tokyo Drift, where there's a lot of action happening on the screen, and it just does not affect me. It, it, I just don't... It doesn't phase action me. Action is... So, like, okay, we know this about me by now. I am an action movie aficionado. I have seen more and studied more and care more about it than your average bear, and, and I think about it, and I theorize about it, and I have a podcast and we talk about it, so... I'm an expert witness is what and I'm getting at. a separate Instagram account about it. Yes. Action for the sake of action is fucking boring. I don't care if you're driving a quad through nine panes of glass and getting chased by the cops <laughs> to the soundtrack of your own music and there's fireworks and explosions and you're jumping off buildings. 
that doesn't necessarily make it interesting just because it's dynamic. There has to be like consequences and we have to care about the characters and like you have to have good acting to pair with it to make me invested. You can't just have moving stuff and flashy crap. Correct. So that kind of goes back to like, oh, Jet Li, let's just have you be non non-interested in everything. everything well then then i'm not interested yeah. right like at one point dmx who tries his ass off in this movie is not my mvp but fuck is he trying in this movie is <laughs> like oh man they've got my daughter da, 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 da. like they're gonna kill her like uh and Jet Li has no response no reaction eyes don't move eyebrows don't go up not even like a gulp nothing <laughs> and i'm like if you're one of your main characters doesn't give a shit then why should you? Then why should I give a shit? <laughs> this this movie was so weird and flat, and there yeah, were flat. there was something flat. Of, there's something about like I don't know what we should call this this era of like ninety seven to two thousand three ish, which is a a very definitive era, which is defined by things such as Matrix and like industrial music and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, bangs, but huh? <laughs> men bangs, with, men, men with bangs. bangs. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of. Um, interesting creativity coming out of it for sure but if we saw it in hackers too i don't remember what year is hackers but i feel like it, it falls within this this yeah it's kind in, of that, era. in that space but a lot of times you'll find that there's this sort of like goth or quiet uh feeling that they're trying to send to you but it, it comes off as just flat mm. it doesn't come off as cool and at the time it probably came off as cool and edgy but now when you look back it just comes off as like why is it so quiet and dark i think you're right i think it was i think it was like the word cool has so many different definitions right and i think what they were going for was the particular genre of cool which means unbothered right mm, like um like if somebody Too if somebody's cool. coming at you with a bunch <laughs> of drama and you go whatever you're being cool, right? Beyond so they're cool. shooting for whatever, and it doesn't translate in a visual medium. Not everyone can be Neo. Yeah, exa Sorry. exactly. <laughs> like, so it, it, it flat, I think, is the best word to describe this movie. And when it's not flat, it's very intentionally sexist, racist, or homophobic. Oh, boy. Like, yeah, not, ac not even accidentally. No. Like, let, like, the intent of let's be controversial now like so the next thing that happens here is that gabrielle union goes to the diamond exchange to distract the security guard uh -huh. with her tits which are the third <laughs> star of this movie you're right and <laughs> and uh she's trying to hit on the security guard and she notices um like a men like a gay magazine sitting on the counter okay what the heck yeah it wasn't like she notices something to indicate that he might not be interested in women but he's got this like top like this shirtless lounging so overtly sexual picture just next to his next to his work computer his word his words are that he's too professional t for her bullshit mm -hmm. like ma'am i have a job to do mm -hmm. oh are you the most professional guy here because you brought your porn to work yeah so <laughs> i don't oh, <laughs> i only brought a dime i didn't like, know there'd be pornography <laughs> like he couldn't just say uh like i'm not interested or like i don't play for that team or whatever like no you have to show that he brought porn to his daytime job that's how you know <laughs> back in 2003 that's how you can tell him so what? so then okay we got to call an audible here change of plans gabrielle union and her tits aren't going to work on this homosexual man bring in anthony 
Edwards. Anderson. Anthony Anderson, because obviously gay men are just in- attracted to any man. Right, yeah, that's... Right. As, lo- as long as you bring a man in to flirt, then you've won. Yeah, like, and then and then you get Anthony Anderson hitting on him for what felt like five minutes, oh which is supposed to play as comedy, and it, it, it isn't. <laughs> Was that the last moment of that being funny or attempting to be funny? Because I feel like we are in... I feel like we've been in this transition of like things that used to be really funny by having some marginalized community be the butt of a joke uh, shouldn't be funny anymore. And I thought we were there in 2003 already, but I guess not. It's, there's nothing about this that feels like, from my perspective right now, that that ever would have played as funny. No even, blazing saddles. Even if it wasn't like <laughs> offensive to someone, it wasn't. there was no humor to be found in it, offensive or inoffensive, PC or not. It didn't. Yeah, PC bullshit aside. Yeah, right? it just wasn't funny, right? Like no, we we we've been just, rewatching the ooh. Chappelle show, right? Which mm-hmm. is the further it's intentionally offensive. That's the whole point of it. It's also got a lot of racial related humor, and it's very funny. You can do both. It's possible. Which yeah. is, it's from the same era. It yeah. might even have come out the same fucking day. <laughs> yeah, for all we know. And it's very very funny and offensive both this is just not funny it's not it's not (laughs) funny it's 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 uncomfortable because of how much they're trying i mean cool is like humor the harder you try the more clear it is that you don't get it yeah if if it's clear that you are trying then you are eliminated from that category yeah yeah it's uh, my and man and we haven't even gotten to tom arnold yet oh boy <laughs> so, oh my god so the the robbery which is still in 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 action here in in progress yeah these motherfuckers ran through an active subway to be covert so that they right. could weld from underneath the the diamond uh safe safe, safe room and get inside undetected mm-hmm. they have gabriel union and anthony anderson trying to distract the security guards so that they can go undetected so yeah also why is this why is the front desk security guard also in charge of the only person in charge of a massive diamond safe like why is it, why is he responsible for all of those things so all this effort to be covert uh-huh. And the plan all along was use a rocket launcher to pull the door off. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again, just because something is dynamic and action doesn't make it good or interesting. Action for the sake of action. Action for the sake of action. Like, everyone in the building n- notices this sound, and Anthony Edwards goes... Hey, yeah, Anthony, I'm never going to get his name right, so just <laughs> just bear with me. I know I wrote this down. He goes, uh, he said something to the effect of, um, like, oh, it's it's, uh, it's, it's, an it's an earthquake, baby, and then goes back to, like, hitting on the guy. Yeah. Like, ugh, come on. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's just so outwardly bad. Also, in this scene, the guy who is helping DMX rob the place calls him D. Yeah, why? Because that's what he goes by in real life. There's another point where somebody called Gabriel Union Gabriel. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, you can tell. I really I wrote a lot down about this movie, but you I, were I sure tuned out. Somewhere else. Yeah, this dude Look, call, calls... But I filled D- a whole page. <laughs> Notes. Okay. Homework. Yeah, calls him D. 
in the movie. Left it <laughs> left it in. No need to take that uh, out. No one will notice. Yeah. <laughs> in the year 2021. <laughs> I wonder if DMX, instead of having a tombstone when he dies, if he'll just have a TV screen playing like his highlight reel from his movies. He's like, this is all you need to know. I'm very curious what, what, what DMX is like today because he just i think he just got out of jail maybe like a year ago or so it feels like for multiple crimes including animal cruelty and possession of crack cocaine an admitted crack abuser for 20 years yeah. like i remember watching remember the vh1 behind the musics oh, wow yes. i remember watching one about dmx and i was like you know you're, you there's the drug phase in every behind the music right mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, and then like I was I was like a street rapper and then my mixtape came out and then I got noticed and then I got big and I was blah 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 and I was like this Grammy award winning multi platinum selling superstar and then he was like and the entire time I was on crack and I was like, Whoa (laughs) crack? Like like everything below crack, I'm like, Yeah, I get how they can function and be a star. Crack? I was like, How the fuck do you make movies and whole albums on crack? Apparently he was not on crack during this movie. He just was like a little bit of weed here. He like stayed sober so that he could get this accomplished. Yeah. Which we're still talking about in the year 2021 because we're trying to get more downloads because it's Aaliyah adjacent. So thanks, DMX. We're yeah, rich. If, if this movie rich? is going to be this transparently like uh, uh, obvious, then we might as well be too. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> Uh, him and Gabrielle Union run off and they end up like on top of a subway car where he notices that her tits are out. He notices that she has some boobs. And I'm like, he's just now noticing because like half of my notes thus far have been that all, all that's this, been present is her tits. This is a very like Weinsteinian movie, isn't it? So one one thing that uh, we'll, we'll get to the striptease scene for sure. But one thing I noticed in the trivia was that she didn't know that they were going to do that scene until they sprung it on her. She Ew. agreed to do the striptease scene and uh, then went to confession afterwards because she's a devout Catholic. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, I I did find it a bit odd. This was rated R, right? Uh, it has to be. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. I did find it really odd that they would have her do a striptease and show that she is topless without showing anything else. I was like, that's interesting and not characteristic of a movie from this era, especially this movie, because they were playing up the fact that she had boobs for so long, and then when it's time to see them, they're like, nope. I was was thinking, like, what an impressive feat to accomplish gratuity without nudity. (laughs) Like, it's still very gratuitous. Yeah, it is. Even though there's no nudity. No. I was like, that's that's quite an accomplishment. It's surprising because there's, like, lots of nightclub scenes, and you expect that (laughs) somebody's going to get naked eventually. The the ability to completely and utterly degrade one of your stars, yet not please your audience. Chef's kiss. (laughs) I I wonder if the daughter of the little girl was like, no, she's not acting this movie if there's a topless scene. Like, uh, just like, okay, then don't do it again. Like, right. Like you're going to, you're going to make her have to go to confession because she's a devout Catholic, which indicates to me that she felt bad about doing it yep. yet. Like, it, like there's no payoff to it. So the only thing that happens is that you degraded this human. Right. Exactly. Okay. Right. Good job, and she Good job it, fellas. She did it because that's the industry. Like you do mm-hmm. what you're told when you have. 40 people who are getting paid to film yep. this thing are waiting for you to do it. You're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, 
Well, fine. Uh, Jet Li beats the shit out of the guy that has the bag of diamonds with one hand in his pocket. Of course. Takes the diamonds and there? then drives off in his 2003 Ford Thunderbird, <laughs> which really just sells how cool this guy is. Oh, man. That was... <laughs> that was and it's weird like our for some reason the aspect ratio of of the version that we rented was squished the entire yeah. time and so i could i didn't even recognize what the thunderbird looks like just like some old shit box that was a convertible and then you both, mentioned it, i was like what both things are true both yeah. things are true <laughs> Ugh, uh, super weird also intercut here cool. is the fact that kelly who and mark i can't say this guy's name mark Descousco, Descousco. Yeah. He's one of my favorite, like, hey, it's that guy action guys, oh. but I, I've never been able to say his name. Uh, they are irrelevant in this movie. Irrelevant. They pop up here and there. You know that they're kind of background players. Yeah. But the fact that they're a couple and the fact that they're involved does not matter. Totally irrelevant. I didn't even know that until you told me. <laughs> that they were in it? That, <laughs> no, that they were a couple. Oh, in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> he, yeah. He, when he arrives, he kisses her, and then that's kind of the last time you see them, like, embrace. Oh. Um, uh, oh, wait. Hold on. When he arrived, she was wearing her 90 sunglasses. Yes. Her, her nearly, nearly transparent, because they're so fucking <laughs> This is cool. why you didn't notice what was happening. You were caught up sun- with the glasses. I, wa- I wonder where those are. I wonder if I could sell them. I wonder if I could, I wonder if I could make them more valuable because of Good, Bad 2, the sequel. Right. So after a hard day's work of violent robbery and <laughs> felonies, uh-huh. our hero, DMX, arrives DMX. home where he is a sympathetic single father to an adorable little girl who he raps lullabies to and presents her with stolen jewelry. Yes. What a stand-up guy. What a stand-up guy because look how much his daughter loves him. Yeah. Wow. Sympathetic character, I'd say. I would say so, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And don't worry, nothing's going to happen to her (laughs) because of how much she loves him. The more they make the the dependent dote on the father and vice versa, like, the more the dependent says how many times she loves and adores the father just for the fact of him existing, the faster the dependent is going to get kidnapped. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's science. Yeah, that's action Fact. movie science. Um, after this sympathetic hero, uh, <laughs> aggressive, violent felon, gets done rapping lullabies to his sweet, sweet daughter, he then takes the remaining artifacts that he's stolen mm-hmm. to racist, felonious arms dealer Tom Arnold. <laughs> That's his next order of business. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, well, he, he has his other, his thug cohorts have a meeting in his home. about right, yes. and, and then one of them says, we should rethink this no blood policy. Being like, hey, we got to start murdering some people out here in order to get our jobs done. Yeah, we can no longer be the virtuous, lovable thieves. Right, well, we while to... his daughter is two rooms away. <laughs> it may or may not have gone to sleep. Yeah, no, she was totally there. <laughs> so, so yeah, DMX takes the bag of black diamonds. These, like, virtually invaluable, like, multi-trillion... He said when he took them out of the safe, he holds up one, and he said this is worth, like, he, he said some huge number, yeah. like a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. That evaluation would would vary throughout the movie significantly it really did didn't it significantly Mm -hmm. anyways they're very very valuable and he just leaves them with trustable tom arnold and says figure out what these are worth yeah he just like i don't even know if if he counted them no he just throws this little like velvet bag on his desk he's like all right this is yours now bud yeah 
Yeah, and then uh, Tom Arnold. <laughs> Tom Arnold, and then Jet Li shows up. They Jet Li and DMX almost fight. There's a chase scene with somebody that goes somewhere, <laughs> and then and then now Jet Li and DMX are friends, and they have to fight a bunch of no name thugs. Yeah, boss uh, man. In this scene, DMX runs up a wall. Yeah. I had to rewind it to show it to you because you were taking a note or sleeping or something. Uh-huh. you know what i was writing down at that time i shit you not it says car chase comma gunfight comma blah blah kung fu blah blah (laughs) and then it says dog wall climb that's accurate (laughs) (laughs) they were like they were like well we have dmx there's got to be dogs (laughs) like that's what was that's what was being implied here this that was the meta like (laughs) dogs Okay, fuck off. Uh, yeah, DMX runs up a wall like Chinese kung fu movie style, like f- takes 45 steps up this wall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that looked so bad. The wall bends. <laughs> the wall's a floor. Yeah, it was It was just... It was just. Goofy. But then the dog follows him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the dog was on his next album. <laughs> so, um, while all that bullshit is happening, Tom Arnold has lost the stones. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> To who he describes as the Wu-Tang Clan. Right. Like, <laughs> and then the daughter gets kidnapped also to everyone's surprise. Yeah. And she gets placed in a 1975 Chevy camper van. Yeah. And the guy opens the door with the clicker. Boop, boop. Yep. <laughs> the back door. The clicker. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, I don't know. That made me laugh. I don't, like. <laughs> you're, you're really tickled by this van security setup. <laughs> That van having, like, electric locks at all is funny to me. <laughs> um, yeah, the... Jesus criminy. Yeah, I know. There's, I know. There's a section here where the girl is, like, in distress, and um, DMX and Jet Li are driving, and they're exchanging, like, they're, they're, they're palling up, and he says his little rap prayer, and she can hear it when he says it. And I was like, oh, they have the force? <laughs> this movie just got a hell of a lot better. <laughs> if only. If only. And then, and then actually there's a transition here where he's saying the prayer, she's in distress, and there's a transition to what's coming. And the, the song that's going to lead into that scene starts kind of like, like it's like a half and half kind of thing in between the scenes. And the song is a rap song called Break Something. It is a direct contradiction to what you're seeing on screen. It's just like, okay, let's sell those fucking they albums. Sell it though. <laughs> and then they go to, I can't remember this actor's name, but he's been in like a million and a half things. The the prison boss guy. Yeah, Mr. Chambers. Yeah, in they San have, Quentin. They have to go see the prison boss. Another useless scene in this movie. Like he he has like these like rules. He they they want him to find the diamonds or something, and he's like no. Uh, but then he takes the time to be uh, racist towards Jet Li and speak to him in Korean and call Koreans uh, f- flat faces or wall faces oh, or something. something. Just so cringeworthy. I think the point of this scene was for exposition, and that's it. Like, he just basically laid out everything that was going to happen and why it happened and who did it. And I think that was the entire purpose. And they were like, well, we better dress up this exposition and distract him with this man's, like, opulent prison cell here in San Quentin where there's like a butler serving buffet lobsters and plants and an oriental rug and all this kind of stuff. It felt to me like that guy must have been in another movie where he had to agree to be in like two or three to get Mm -hmm. the one that he wanted. Mm -hmm. 
and this was one of them like they were like you said you'd do too so get get in there was it exit wound might have been we don't know (laughs) we don't know y'all can tell us in the comments because we ain't seen it so tom arnold has to take jet lee to the secret underground fight club right where he tells the guy the doorman that he's a fighter and he's gonna quote go chinese on him oh right yeah Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) you know what's really funny it's like i remember being in school shortly before this movie came out like in uh in high school and kids this age in high school knew better than to say stuff like that, but kids would say stuff like that all the time. Like, it was still common to say things like somebody was retarded. Like, it wasn't, it was in the transition between the time when people didn't really know that was wrong and the time where people were like, actually, that's not cool, don't say that. But how could you expect kids to know better when movies such as this were coming out where yeah. you would say stuff like, he's going to go Chinese on his ass. Oh, I, I was, you know, at the time I was, however old I was, like 18, 19, and I was saying stupid shit like that. Because you, you, you get older and you understand the subtleties. <laughs> Tom Arnold is not a subtle comedian nope. of using race for humor. I still think that it can be accomplished, but if, it, if you swing and you miss holy shit do you miss and tom arnold really really misses in this movie the other thing is that the reason that you have jet lee in this movie is because he's the biggest star from china the biggest like jackie chan's up there but the world's like second biggest market when it comes to movies you have their biggest star and then you you interact with him exclusively in degrading manner yeah it, they they really played up the you're second you're the other you're foreign yeah, you're other like, you're, you're different you're, you're an alien in in um interviews i watched some like you know like oh we're pumping up this movie kind of promotional interview stuff dmx was like oh, i like jet like he's really funny he's like he's fun to be around a little bit hard to understand and i'm like no he isn't <laughs> like at at this, at this point his english is is i would say that his his like uh individual accent is that he overly pronounces everything you know who's says. hard to understand dmx <laughs> exactly you bark for a living you're a crackhead that barks for a living no he's not hard to understand not in the movie not conversationally not in any way shape or form you know who's hard to understand arnold schwarzenegger like there's a, there's a way yes. many there way many there's a, me I'm hard <laughs> <You>. to understand <laughs> the host of the Good Bad Show. <laughs> there's a ton of other um, immigrant or foreign movie stars who are much harder to understand. Sylvester Stallone is harder to understand. Like I was like why like why are we treating Jet Li this way? I don't I don't understand it. His name is on the fucking poster. <laughs> did you did you see that Arnold Schwarzenegger was being considered to star in this movie? Yeah. Weird. Really weird. Super weird. He really was weird. He, he's probably not in it cuz he's smart. <laughs> he was like, "Nah, I'm going to stay out of the DMX movie." <laughs> and I've all, I've been in enough Tom Arnold movies. Thank you. Um uh, th- so they go into the secret fight club where Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz are fighting each other in yeah. a, like an underground bar. These are champions in the UFC at the time. At the and, time? Yeah. Like wow. the, the UFC at the time is like 
teetering on either boom or bust financially, right? right? Like they're about to go bankrupt any day or they're about to explode. They ended up exploding, obviously. So they they were taking whatever they could get for uh, publicity. So yeah, take our champions and put them in an underground bar fight. <laughs> I was like, this is really weird. Yeah, it, at this time, it's kind of a cool scene. It is. It, it's one of the more interesting parts of this movie. At, yeah. at the time, UFC fighters would pop up in tons of stuff. They were on like King of Queens, and like mm. it was just like you if you knew who they were, they were popping up everywhere because they were trying to get publicity any way they Sorry. could. Um, while that's going on. Anthony Anderson is posing as an exterminator and he's trying to get into uh, somebody. I don't know who. I think I think the, the head man's office. Yeah, the head, the head man who's getting a strip show from Gabriel Union. He's trying to get into his office to find what... I think that's where they think the diamonds are. Yes. And Anthony Anderson and Terry Tate office linebacker. <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers those... Reebok, wow, no. the, those Reebok commercials, wow. but that's who this guy is that wow. he's that he's interacting Throwback. with. <laughs> this yeah, was actually really funny. Not really funny, but compared Moderately. to compared to the rest of the movie, really funny. Another really long scene trying oh, to be man. like, guys, here it comes. It's getting funny. Guys, okay, just wait. How about this line? <laughs> that's how the comedy fell in this eh? movie. What do you guys eh? think about if we said this line? Huh? <laughs> eh? Yeah, so that's going on while Gabrielle Union is stripping for the guy that, that like, owns the place. Again. Also, that was a really long striptease. Very, well, she was stalling, right? So right, right. So, from the, from the fiction standpoint, she's trying to drag it out because she's waiting for everyone else to do their job. Yep. From the viewer standpoint, you're like, fucking do it or don't do it. Yeah, I like, know. It's, <laughs> like, it's this really weird line of awkwardness where it's like, is it supposed to be hot or is it yeah, just supposed to be you, like what's happening you can just feel the discomfort coming off it's of her. really weird and I, I for coming from team heterosexual man i'm like hey listen if you're going to put this human through this <laughs> show it <laughs> like i don't <laughs> what come on like or just get rid of it yeah um well, what they do find in the office is just just a bunch of useless hundred dollar bills. Fuck that. Screw these hundred dollar bills in this safe that we just worked hard to open. <laughs> a couple million dollars of of cash. That, so annoying. That's not what we're looking for. Fuck that. How we irritating. We don't want that. Um, and then uh, the this doesn't work. <laughs> DMX gets arrested while wearing a purple gator skin trench coat. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The leather clothing in this film is. The clothing in general. Exciting? Is. Curious? Outlandish. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking outlandish. I mean, like, they're, uh, I'm just going to call him Mark D because I can't say his last name. When the, I think the... about this era, I remember thinking that everything was so fucking cool. <laughs> and I'm like, man, what a time to be alive. What a great time to be. He's wearing a now? glossy, DMX is wearing a glossy, purple, gator skin trench coat. That is too big for him. And Gabrielle Union's, like, pre-stripper clothes is a different form of, like, leather art yeah, clothing. And, and Mark Mark D is wearing, like, a brown, tarnished, like, patinaed, shiny leather matching pants and suit. That was amazing. <laughs> it, had, it had, like, leather tooling all over. It looked like a giant cowboy boot, but yeah. an entire suit. It yeah. was amazing. Um, <laughs> and uh, while that's happening, Jet Li is now fighting... 
the entire UFC roster. <laughs> he got he in the interview that I watched, he was like, well, at first it was like three or four guys, and then the director was like, more guys, more guys, and then he was like, he goes, uh, then it ended up being, he goes, I don't know, 15, 20. <laughs> he goes, yeah. he goes, you know when we watch these interviews and you can pick up the actors' true feelings about yeah, what yeah, they're yeah, talking yeah. about. <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, it was like 15 or 20 guys. It was uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jet Li, who's made, like, the most money of any Chinese actor ever, is like, oh, my God. <laughs> he knows how to be, he's he like, understands subtlety and how to be political. <laughs> he's, he, he's made a career off of running along the top of, like, flagpoles and swords mm-hmm. in movies, and he's like, this is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he fights the entire UFC roster, uh, and there's a part where the cage door falls down and becomes a trampoline yeah and like him and these fighters are bouncing off of it and flying into the ceiling and he's kicking the (laughs) shit out of them and and this is happening while dmx is escaping from the police Mm -hmm. on quads because you can't just have dogs present in a dmx movie there has to be a quad chase scene wait is that a thing with him do you remember the video for rough rider anthem vaguely it's quads quads are tied to dmx just as much as dogs are interesting like the whole rough rider comes from quads and dirt bikes and things like that that's what the rider implies quads yeah so i was like jesus crummy and it's x gonna give it to you is the song that's playing i was like (laughs) this is the definition of heavy-handed this is what i mean this is gonna be instead of his tombstone it's just gonna be this scene on loop he's gonna be like this is all you gotta know about me yeah this is everything is it entertaining yeah kind of like yeah, it, it was wasn't it certainly wasn't boring oh he this is a part where he's doing like rooftop jumpings yeah, on the atvs yeah. and, and the fact it. that the song x gonna give it to you isn't long enough to cover the entire scene they had to use wow two different <laughs> scores for this scene as well this scene has three songs in it <laughs> it did go on for quite a while <laughs> yeah while that's all going on jet Li is beating the shit out of a bunch of ufc fighters with a little person He's using a little person as a battering ram to beat up a bunch of UFC fighters. And I was like, what fucking drug was popular in 2003? This is bananas. I don't know. But when that happened, I'm like, wow, they're just trying to get to everybody. Like, everybody is a butt of a joke in this movie. (laughs) But then there was one scene, like, when they were about to go in that club. And it was like, Anthony Anderson, Gabrielle Union, Jet Li, uh, Tom Arnold, DMX, and, like, one or two of the other henchmen. And they had them all squished together, like standing way, like unnaturally close together, looking at the club. And I thought, wait a second, is this their diversity cover? Are they trying to be like, look, guys, this is a cool, modern, like politically correct, aware movie. Look at us. Like when they when they when they take a a college um, a college catalog picture and they like Photoshop in the one black guy and they're like, we did it. We did it. Yeah, look at us. Like, you know, stand up and round of applause. For, I felt like that's what they were doing with that scene. Like, well, this is going to be the, the cover to show people that we're we're urban and cool. So so when I'm, this is to your point, so when I'm doing the Instagram posts for the voting or which movie won or whatever, I try to find certain shapes for the photos that fit inside of Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. So for the movie poster, it's the shape of a movie poster, obviously. And then when I do the, uh, the what are they, the, the fucking 
where it's like three sections when I do the vote, uh -huh. I need the 16-9 ratio. Mm -hmm. I need it to be like Wide. a long rectangle. And so I try to find a still from within the movie mm -hmm. for that. And the one that was available was this picture that you're talking about <laughs> of the whole cast crammed together. And I picked it because just in a snap, I was like, it's hilarious that anyone would ever stand like that. <laughs> and then when it happened in the movie, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when you and your pals just get, like, right on top of each other and stand there and look at something where, like, your chin is on the shoulder of the person in front of you? Hey, we wouldn't want anything about this movie to seem forced. <laughs> um, Mark D. kills the prison guy. My note says, so fucking what? That is, be Kill that might be the most irrelevant, like, thing that has happened in a movie that we have covered. Wow. You know, this movie had a lot of irrelevant it, parts. That a is lot. the least relevant thing A lot thing of things that, that didn't matter. Place. Yeah. Um, the little girl who's still in the camper luckily finds a random charged cell phone. Barely charged, but charged. That Like, you can just feel the writer going... What are we going to do? Uh, what if there's a phone? How is she going to get out of this situation? <laughs> so she calls DMX and he's like, oh, oh, that's how he answers his phone. Um, that's not true. I made that up. Um, and uh, she says that she sees like a green light. And then now we're on a goddamn Moonraker adventure <laughs> because these diamonds have been plutonium the entire the time. The entire time. And we've just been running around chasing down some fucking weapons grade plutonium. Beyond weapons grade plutonium. Synthetic plutonium. Yeah. Which is, so we have to bring in the world's foremost arms dealers. This is a thing that happens in our movies all the time. I love it. And I think this cast of the world's foremost arms dealers has been in two other good bad movies i love good bad two to sequel movies. i love that when this happens in movies that you have the like uh uh what is it, what is the word i'm looking for the caricature of that country yes. for every country right you have like a guy carrying bagpipes and wearing a kilt yeah but <laughs> you, with cool sunglasses with cool sunglasses you have a guy with like a kenta cloth you with have, cool sunglasses <laughs> It's, you have like a, a large framed Russian woman. With cool sunglasses. It's so funny every time. That's how you know they're cool. Oh, also they have they have some kind of a cell phone. Oh, and this was the era of phones where the smaller, the better. Remember, yeah. w remember when cell phones like damn near disappeared in the palm of your hand? Yeah, well, like and a you were like, Zoolander wow. style. Yeah. yeah, you're like, wow, <laughs> this is peak technology and cool. This is what I want. People are like, I can't, I can't hear you. Yeah. Well, I can't hear because the phone is too small. I keep losing my phone. It's busting. I can't even touch a number. This was that era. <laughs> so they all had cool phones and cool sunglasses, and that's how you knew. So, yeah, so th these um, these caricatures of arms dealers from around the world are watching as Kelly Hu and a third fellow no. start demonstrating the destructive power of one tiny fragment yes. of these black diamonds. Yes. And these arms dealers are fucking horny for this yeah, destruction that was my thought too like <laughs> there were there was there was the changing of panties happening it was <laughs> it was filthy they are horny for destruction wow and so the guy's going okay nat like he's doing the little laser show and he's going now it's like a grenade now it's a like a missile now it's a nuclear weapon now it's two hiroshimas and he's like and now it's new world order that was for one fragment of one diamond right which had previously in the movie been stated at a value of like a billion dollars yeah 
she starts the bidding for one diamond at 200,000. I wrote that down too. I wrote down New World Order equals $200,000 starting bid. Hey, what? I'm going to go take out a loan today. Yeah, because we can easily go afford New World Order. That that New World Order fragment of greater than two atom bombs yep. costs as much as like a granny unit in Sonoma <laughs> County, California. <laughs> So yeah, not the land it sits on, but just the the physical structure of the granny unit itself, which is attached to another larger property. Yeah, like a studio, not one yeah, with yeah, like yeah. rooms. No, yeah. no, yeah. no. So no, no. yeah, <laughs> no, you're shit in the closet. <laughs> I was like, the bidding went from two hundred thousand to like ninety billion in the in the bidding war that yeah. was going on with all these caricatures. This shit was so funny. It was Unintentionally so hilarious. Okay, do you remember how our our protagonist found these people? How they've tracked them down? Cuz he heard there was a green laser, so there must they must be at the airport. Well, okay, and then he said we had to find out which airport. They were like, "Oh, it's probably at a hangar. Therefore, go now and immediately get the flight info of Every aircraft flying in and out of this major city tonight. Yeah. Somebody went and in 2003 era technology was able to scour the flight records for everywhere. And they were like, well, here's five helicopters coming in at once. It's got to be there. Yeah. And they found them. Well, well, it's a good thing they did, too, because if they had fucked that up, (sighs) they would have driven their tank into the wrong airplane hangar. Anthony Anderson and Tom Arnold, who do things together, show up in a fucking tank, and then from this point on, all hell breaks loose. You get, finally, finally, after years and years of begging for it, we're getting Godzilla versus King Kong, we've had Freddy versus Jason, and now we get Gabrielle Union versus Kelly Who. <laughs> Dude, this is so lame. <laughs> Which is what we've all been waiting for. This was so this lame. Time. Can we skip this part? No, so, you go ahead. I, I wanted to skip this part, but then <laughs> I was watching the interviews and stuff, and I watched one with Gabrielle Union, and she was like, oh man, it was like so physical and tough to be on this movie. She goes, they show you the fight choreography one time, and if you don't get it, you get punched in the face. <laughs> And oh, she, wow. go, she goes, I got hit. And she goes, and I stopped. And I was like, whoa, I've, I've been punched. And they were like, well, you're not going to do that again, are you? And she was like, oh, no, I get God it now. Damn. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Okay. What the fuck? You're not going to do that again, are you? They're, they're like, what? yeah, clearly you're not cut out for this. Why don't you just take your clothes off instead? Like, what the fuck? What? Like, yeah, what kind of, who's the casting director? Do you think that's the treatment Jet Li got? Probably not. Do you think DMX, not a fighter or an actor, you think that's the treatment he got? Nope. And she said all this with a smile. Well, that's how it was back (laughs) then. That's how it was until, what, like two years ago? And Kelly Hu is an experienced martial arts actor. Like, people are annoyed by the Me Too movement, but they don't realize the way that things were, like the things that were normalized, are fucking awful (laughs) i was like whoa you get one shot at this and if you don't like getting punched you better figure it out yep because we gotta sell these albums baby (laughs) right because you're getting paid therefore you work for us (laughs) um wow no i did not know that while the two of them are fighting dmx is fighting someone the star of the movie doesn't have a climactic fight 
he's fighting some. Yeah, who, I think he's fighting the guy that demonstrated the diamonds. I think so. Who Nobody knows. Fucking cares. I just wrote down helicopters. Blah blah explosion. Mark, Mark Deed gets all, gets away in a helicopter, a, like a small helicopter, and Jet Li jumps up and grabs onto the landing gear, which completely fucks off the balance of an entire helicopter. Inside. And they're like, "What are we gonna do?" There's two grown men inside the helicopter, and when a guy who grown weighs men. I'm guessing 125 pounds jumps on the helicopter. They ju- it just can't fly anymore. DMX is gonna come for us. You just said he was small. No, Jet Li is small. Oh, you were talking about Jet Li. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what happened in the movie. I know you were probably I, in, I in attention. Costa Rica in your head. <laughs> uh, and then the tank shoots down. The tank shoots down the helicopter in question, but blows up a different helicopter. Right. Which I was like, that's an interesting yeah. choice. They're like, well, we got all this extra millions of dollars to spend. What are we going to do? And then for no reason, when I say no reason, I mean no fucking reason. It begins raining and there is a perfect ring of fire. Perfect ring of fire. A perfect, perfect ring of fire. of fire. Would have made Johnny Cash proud. Uh, and so now we have the fight that we have not been waiting for between Mark D who we barely even knew was in this yep. movie and Jet Li and they have a like super emotional showdown between two characters that we didn't know anything about. Nope. So that was cool. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then that fight ends when Jet Li takes a magic pill of light and puts it in Mark D's mouth and melts his face with it magic. like the end of fucking Indiana Jones. Magic pill of light? Yeah, he took a magic pill of light. No, but wasn't that the shard? Wasn't that the diamond shard? I don't think so. What, oh, the one that had been in the yeah, yeah. lasers? In the laser uh, thing. Yeah, Remember, because it was super... That uh, sounds like it makes a lot more sense. It had increased molecular strength. Okay. Yeah, so we didn't know. Okay. The, I, I, I guess it like... it it reacted with this man's body and created and you get a ra- to see radiation it inside of his throat for some reason radiation issue this is where it goes wicker man well it goes what the fuck it goes romeo must die it's the exact same ending as romeo must die with like x-rays and views of the inside of people's body parts yeah ring of that's fire right. rain for no reason it is the identical ending of romeo i forgot must about die. the x-ray thing yeah oh weird yeah absolutely unnecessary so my last like do that other parts of the movie if you knew the entire time that you would die this weird fucked up melting body glow light death if you knew that from the start of the movie you could build a crescendo up to this yep nobody had any idea this would happen until the end of the movie (laughs) this is a this is this is its own plot line in the movie yeah very out of nowhere just from a different movie didn't fit at all yeah all of a sudden there's like crazy cg of this man glowing and melting what the fuck so my final note says finally the dilemma i never understood is over and this criminal thief can live happily ever after and jet lee can go back to sleeping standing up <laughs> didn't care when it started don't care now that it's over oh boy okay let's uh let's go rest our our morals <laughs> our morals in our brains and then we'll come back and we'll do the morals. awards Whew. Uh, when's the last time you went to confession? I'm going to think I'm going to need to now. Well, I mean, besides the one we just stepped out of. Forgive me, Father, for I have heard the end credit scene between Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson. (laughs) 
that was uh, unfortunately a highlight of this movie, which is saying a lot of not good things about this movie. We'll, we'll, uh, it was not great. We'll discuss. <laughs> we'll discuss. Um, so we already talked about most of our trivia for this movie, so I'm not really going to get into it. There wasn't a lot of really great trivia. We already slipped it in. But do you know the budget for this movie? No. Uh, Have a guess. I, I, I bet I bet Jet Li had a high price tag. DMX maybe not so much. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say like $60 million. Wow, no. They made this movie for $25 million. Ooh, it's on the cheap. Yeah, that's I, actually kind of impressive. Did it make money? Uh, it made 56 worldwide. Okay. Yeah, so it doubled. It doubled its monies. I mean, th- there, there's a reason why these rapper sl- and action star movies were a thing for like a two or three year period. They had to have been profitable. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have kept doing it because not one of them is good. Not a one. <laughs> not one that I know about. Um, all right, but I think we should get into our awards now for 2003's Cradle to the Grave. <laughs> That's the to proper way to say the it. the Grave. <laughs> yeah. To the Grave. You ready? Yes. All right, I would like to hear your bold statement. Okay, so I kind of... I kind of leaked it a little bit earlier in the episode, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm gonna get into it a little bit deeper here because I think it's kind of, I don't know, profound is a strong word. But So I hear. said earlier, this is a DMX movie featuring Jet Li. Mm-hmm. I just, that's, that's my bold statement, but I want that to really sink in. This is a DMX starring movie that features Jet Li. Yeah. Imagine in 2003 walking into like Warehouse or like Suncoast and buying a Jet Li album featuring DMX. <laughs> Sounds kind of weird, right? Yep. Like that just doesn't compute in my head. <laughs> so like I don't, I mean, it's not really a statement as much as it is just like a observation. What the fuck are we doing here? Well, um, whatever they were trying didn't work because record stores are closed. (laughs) (laughs) And in the year 2021, there's no music. Yeah. Oh, my my secondary bold statement is that for the starring roles, this movie has the worst complexion average combined complexion ever. There there is a like Jet Li just has kind of like pockmarks or whatever. But there's a point where they do like they're sitting in a car, I think, and there's close ups of both of them. And DMX has giant pimples all over his face. Yeah, he does. And I was like He has like a lot of ingrown beard hairs. I'm like, no one was like, Hey, let's like get these snappers, like let's take care of that. Like (laughs) the fuck? Do a scrub, bro. Like what the hell is going on? I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. Yeah, it was it was uh I noticed that too. It was a little bit jarring. Like maybe it it didn't look like something that's permanently there, which is excusable, right? And even then there's makeup, but it just looked like he had a bunch of ingrown, like infected hairs. Do something about that. A little bit nasty. Yeah. I don't know. Cover it up, man. Um, so wait, so your bold statement was DMX has pimples or? <laughs> no, it just, well, first it was just like the, just pointing out that this is a DMX movie <laughs> featuring Jet Li, but also this is the movie that has the worst combined complexion of its stars. Wow. That's, um, that's, a, okay. That's an interesting take. There's nothing that's more intelligent to be taken from this film. <laughs> no, there's not. Therefore my bold statement, I have two as well. Um, bold statement number one. Just another casually racist action film from 2003. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seem to be a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my other bold statement is it's a decent background movie. Like, this is the kind of movie that if you're the sort of household that has just the TV on all the time or whatever, you have a party, 
what's happening and somebody in the other room is just like there's just a tv that's left on it's this is that movie that's playing yeah that's... like it's just it's just there it's, it's lights and shiny things and flippy shits and sometimes stuff <laughs> is on fire and sometimes there's sort of a strip tease and that's that's it that's what it's for yeah well what's your worst line uh <laughs> this movie has a lot of bad lines in it um so there's a lot to choose from um i'm gonna i'm gonna go with faith i'm gonna go with the word faith with no context at all being the mantra of the the group of violent felons yeah you don't get to you don't get to have god on your side when you're killing people well are they talking about god faith can mean a lot of things yeah faith in what you can't just state the word faith with nothing before it or after it as just a matter of like that's dumb writing that's really really dumb writing this was also a period of time where a lot of people were getting tattoos or car stickers that said faith Remember, mm, like, tramp okay. stamps? Yeah. And uh, DMX's character's last name is Fate. So, Faith without an is H. It? Yes, it is. <laughs> so, maybe it was the name of an album he had coming out or a song. Or maybe it was something that just, like, meant something to him personally at this time and decided yeah. that the movie should be about it, too. Yeah. I'm like, I get that what they were attempting to do was humanize these violent felons. But it <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, my worst line is, well, it's when he, it's when DMX is with Jet Li in the car and they're like kind of bonding and then DMX gets frustrated that they're bonding and he says, bad time you PMD, put me down, explain. <laughs> like, so, okay. So he's like, he's, he's throwing out a new phrase to him, PMD, and immediately explains that PMD means put me down. Which he also has to explain that put me down means explain. <laughs> I, I have that written down also. What were you trying to plan here? That didn't here? take off. Was that supposed to be real cool? Because I never heard anyone say PMD. D- DMX was under the impression that he was a pop culture icon right. of the level of inventing things. Uh-huh. No. It ain't no for shizzle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get out, DMX. <laughs> well, what is your best line? Okay, there are not a lot of things to choose from for best line. There's hardly any words in this movie that are entertaining. Hardly any. <laughs> um, but there was one moment where I mildly, I want to stress how mildly it was. I don't want to give this best line too much credit, but Anthony Anderson shows up as the exterminator to sneak his way into an office. And when he gets out of the truck, he's singing to himself, we gonna kill some bugs. We gonna kill some bugs. And I was like, heh, that's my best line. <laughs> <laughs> you had a mild chortle in the back of your throat. <laughs> um, this was one of those movies where it's hard to tell which best line is actually good or should be under worst line. And so I wrote this under best line, but it's actually one of the worst lines um, because it sucks. And it's just when Gabrielle Union leaves the security guard post and uh pages anthony anderson and she's like change of plans he's gay (laughs) that's actually one of the worst lines but i felt like i had to put something on her best line (laughs) that's really funny so i know when uh when i look up these interviews and stuff on on um youtube generally what they're what what you find and i have to like scroll past to get to the stuff i want is just a bunch of 
um, out of context scenes from the movie. Mm -hmm. And they'll have a title that's like, you know, Jet Li versus DMX. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. This one had one that was just called gay scene <laughs> and i was like if you haven't watched the movie and you're scrolling youtube i don't know why you would be doing that and you just see a picture of jet lee and the caption the title says gay <laughs> scene you're gonna be curious <laughs> you gotta know okay i'll bite <laughs> you gotta know that's really funny um okay this is uh you know, this this one's going to be tough. Who is your worst performance? Who gets the award for worst performance in Cradle to the Grave? <laughs> the Grave. So we've already beaten this dead horse in the nails with a <laughs> stone in the bush. So I'm not going to labor <laughs> on the point, but it's the intentional forced racism. Like, I don't... <laughs> that's it. That, that was the worst performance? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I will echo your sentiment in a more elegant way. <laughs> <laughs> by giving my award for worst worst performance to the acting duo of Anthony Anderson and Tom Arnold. Fair. Fair. <laughs> they tried so hard. They were like, we are going to bring in a white guy and a black guy, and they're both going to bounce off of each other some racist jokes, and it's going to be... At the expense of Chinese people. Yeah. And they're <laughs> each other's racist. And it's going to be so cool. And so edgy, and so today, so now, so new, so in, the kids won't know what to do with themselves. Now that's what I call racism six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that's what was going on there. It's, it's quite embarrassing, actually. Um, well, who is your MVP? The daughter, the little girl. Yeah, same here. She's the only uh, endearing character in this whole movie. Yep. Jet Li, the human being, when you watch interviews for this movie, so that at that time... Very endearing yep. person. Very, very, like, um, charismatic, mm -hmm. and but not in the movie. Nope. Uh, so DMX is DMX, and everyone else is who they are, and Gabrielle Union was just a pair of tits. So by process of elimination... D yes. It's the daughter. She's the only one left. She's the only one who had dimension yeah. and, and seemed anything like a real human. Yeah, she's the only one that came across as, like, intelligent and, and wasn't horrible and... Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I had her too. Like I, f I felt obligated to put down Jet Li be just because of the amount of skill required to be Jet Li. But also, sorry, you're no Vanessa. <laughs> Jet Li. Also with Jet Li, like I think it's not unfair to compare this versus other Jet Li movies where you know action stars do what they do. They 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 basically do the same thing over and over again. That's kind of the deal. Yeah. There's a hundred way better Jet Li movies, so yeah. I can't couldn't even consider him yeah. for it. Um, well, you know what, next in this, this, uh, list of awards is what we usually have the unredeemable moment. And I propose that we rename this award instead of the unredeemable moment, which usually means this is where the movie does something egregious that disqualifies it from being a good movie. I propose that we call this the good, bad moment. Because it's not always unredeemable, it's not always bad, but it's something that's ridiculous. It's something that sticks out in the film where you're like, wait, what the fuck am I watching? And why is this here? <laughs> you're saying going forward, we change it? Yeah, forever and backwards. We re what if we everything. split it into two things? Oh, what I don't want to do that, but we could do... We could decide whether it's unredeemable or good, bad. <laughs> okay. Maybe we, maybe we talk to the Instagram people about it. So... I have it as an unredeemable one today because, okay. uh, well, because you just now brought that up to me. <laughs> uh, it, Plan ahead. 
so it's it's the it's the credit end credit scene it's the yes. it's the tom arnold anthony anderson Which... end credit scene where they start off as their characters from the movie and then tom arnold makes an ex- exclamation that the movie is over and that they're no longer acting right they and then break they the fourth wall here. now now after having broken the fourth wall and after stating that they're speaking as their true selves they continue on a comedy set based purely in racism, speaking as themselves. Wow, isn't it cool to be edgy? And I'm like, That's funny. I, the only thing I could think of, because we've Yo, been Carlin. watching The Chappelle Show, which was the most popular thing on the planet when this was going on, was did The Chappelle Show start this cascade? And is does that have to do with why he quit that show? Not just having to do with the content that he was making on his own show, but what he was sort of doing to culture hmm. and making shit like this happen from hacks. Tom Arnold is a hack who do not understand <laughs> the, the um, subtleties of using race for humor. Right. Tom Arnold's about as subtle as a fart in church. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was... I, I was like, I a kind front of... A row w- fart or a back row fart? <laughs> I enjoyed the last third of this movie from a good, bad standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then it just fucking crashed and burned because of this part <laughs> for me. <laughs> you're, you're totally right. That is definitely an unredeemable moment of this film. And yeah. it, it, it gets that title. Um, I am going to retitle my section here for this award, The Good Bad Moment. Okay. Which is where shit gets off the rails. For no, ex- with no explanation why. It just fucking happens and it stays in the movie. And for me, that was the glowing radiation death. <laughs> that that was out of character for the rest of the movie that was full of practical effects and like normal CG like explosions and things like that. All of a sudden, you have a decaying man from a glowstone in his throat. And that's the way the, uh, the guy died. What the fuck? <laughs> throat glowstone what the hell like what and then he melts and decomposes and then that's just the end of that (laughs) yeah it and the bad guy who was never a factor in the movie yeah like never a factor didn't he there was no hatred towards this bad guy in any way shape or form he was just i mean he was calling the shots and you knew that he was gonna get his but also jet lee is not powerful or cool enough to to kill this guy in a ring of fire, he has to rely on this mystery $200,000 New World Order stone <laughs> in order to radiate this man. This collection of words is insane. I know! That's why it's a good bad moment! <laughs> that's all I know. What's your favorite part? Um, the, it's my favorite part because it's good bad. So because you weren't professional enough to bring up these changes to me before we started recording. Be proactive. <laughs> The, the my favorite part is that it's good bad and that is DMX escaping on quads to his own song X could <laughs> give it to you which isn't long enough to last the duration of the scene um and uh <laughs> it just like ah eh? quads ATVs you even hear the person on the news talking about the car the police chase say get this folks he's doing it on an all-terrain vehicle <laughs> Yeah. I was like, wow, I couldn't, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing that, that, that 
Like, the very definition of the quintessential, quintessential. heavy-handed scene in a movie that we've covered. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm glad you explained it that way because my favorite part is that, too. Just the rooftop ATV chase. Yeah. But the way you explain it is much better and, and more entertaining <laughs> than what I had in mind. I, I think when we get done recording this episode, I'm going to show you a little bit of the video for uh, Rough Rider Anthem. Okay. And it'll really make sense it's to gonna you. It's going to blow my mind. Which was the song that launched DMX. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. We'll get there. Um, golly, DMX, man. That's so long ago in my life. Wow. All right. Uh, what is your better title? <laughs> well, what, I had two. One of them I already gave up, which was which was cradle to the grave slash cradle to the grave you could <laughs> pick one or the other um and then my other one i hope i'm not stealing from you is sunglass hut the movie i <laughs> know you're not but that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing i love it um no that's pretty good neither one of those are mine though i do have a one better title option which is anything but cradle to the grave because <laughs> the hell does that mean um, and then the other one, well, that, that phrase, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. That phrase yeah. is a, is a, it can be a very powerful phrase, meaning yes. like ride or die, right? Like right. somebody that you've known your whole life or, or starting off in friends and becoming enemies. It could mean a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't mean anything about this movie. No. Uh, my other better title is diamonds, blah, blah, Kung Fu. <laughs> Which makes more sense than Cradle to, to the Grave. I know. <laughs> it's all-encompassing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now you get to let us know whether you're going to deem this the award of good, bad, or just bad. I call this movie good, bad, but I don't like it. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, this I'm is a good, you. bad movie. Like you said, it's a background movie. You can throw it on and it's fine. Um, I like gently a lot uh i don't like this movie it's no police story that's what i wrote down hey guys go watch police story it's really good fucking hell is that movie good <laughs> it's really really funny the action is off the goddamn wall it is bonkers in the best way possible it's nuts man it is a little overly long but 1057 times better than this movie I'm with you. So go check out Police Story, which I think is on HBO Max. That's how we watched it. So that's the final verdict. Watch Police Story. <laughs> um, we are going to take a week off next week. Um, so we have time for you guys to throw us some suggestions. Maybe we'll even retool the awards from Ooh. top to bottom. Um, and uh, so if you got actually, you know what? This is what I want you guys to do. Homework. Throw me ideas for new award categories. Mm. Um, and uh, the so winner gets a thousand points. Okay. If I choose your new awards, I'll give you a thousand points. You know what? Bidding starts at 200,000 points. <laughs> <laughs> new world order. New world order level. Okay. That's it for Cradle to the Grave. Bye. Bye.